Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. I am doing a quick solo episode for you today, and I'm so excited to share that the Align Nutrition Podcast is celebrating one year. I can't believe that we have been doing this for one year, that I've been doing this for one year. I've loved creating these episodes for you and these content. A lot of you reach out to me and say how helpful they are, or you offer things that you're struggling with, and then we turn them into episodes. Like you're listening to now, my goal is to always help you solve your problems And then for some of you, be here if you are interested in working with me further on healing your relationship to food. So I think we should kick off that the most popular episode that I have had in the past year, so many of you have downloaded it, is our episode on emotional eating. So I thought it was only appropriate to pop in and kind of do an exploration on emotional eating an update, a deeper dive, kind of talk to you about a a couple different things surrounding emotional eating because there's really a lot to it. It's a huge journey. There's a lot of facets to it. You know, a lot of times emotional eating might link up with the work of a therapist or another type of person that can help you with your emotional experience and having that safe space to feel emotions, explore them. Our job over here is to help untangle them from food, make them safer for you. We can go more in depth and again, share some of these distinctions and get into it. So if you're listening to this episode, maybe you've listened to the emotional eating episode way back, feel free to scroll on back and check it out. Or maybe you're just tuning in for the first time and you wonder, hey, what does emotional eating sound like? I I definitely feel emotional about eating. I think I cope with my emotions with food. And so I wanted to give you a couple of examples of what that might sound like. So emotional eating might be that you get mad at yourself when you eat certain things, or I often eat when I'm stressed out, even when I'm not hungry. I often use food to help me soothe when I'm feeling emotional, even when I'm not hungry. I have foods I try and avoid eating. All of these things, you know, if you've dieted, if you've experienced shame about your body, if you've dealt with disordered eating or had an eating disorder, most likely eating has become emotionally loaded for you. And so again, I think that's another reason that this topic is so popular. You know, for me as a dietitian doing this work with clients, I think, you know, why does this matter? Obviously, one thing is that, you know, I want you to be able to enjoy food wholeheartedly. And also food can be an emotional experience in a really positive way. It can be uplifting. It can be a way to connect. It can be enjoyable celebration, things like that. And so I want to help you untangle these kind of negative pieces, these parts that aren't working for you so that you can enjoy emotionally eating wholeheartedly. And that's not to say that it's not normal to emotionally eat sometimes. We, everybody emotionally eats sometimes. 
It's just for you if you're tuning in listening to this. It probably feels a little too tangled up. So again, that's why we're going to tease a few things apart. And I think for me, in terms of why does this matter, the biggest thing is that I meet people who are dealing with emotional eating and their emotional needs, their true emotional needs are never fully being met because food can absolutely help soothe us, comfort us. It can be a friend. It can be something pleasurable at the end of a tough day. And and that's great. I love that food can be those things. It's biological, it's psychological, it's emotional. But, you know, food can often solve these like kind of ongoing emotional experiences that maybe we need to feel or deal with directly or change. Emotions can be, you know, guideposts in that way. So that to me is my biggest why in helping you talk through emotional eating and figure out what's going on and helping my clients solve, you know, emotional eating to be in a way that that feels more in balance. Again, it's not that it'll never happen. It just feels more balanced. It feels like it's in a good place. So you're you're seeking out these other ways. So let's first talk about three different things that emotional eating is not. So these are essentially the distinctions that I was talking about. We need to understand what emotional eating is not. And again, my job as a dietitian is to help my clients figure out what they're naming and labeling as emotional eating that is in fact not. Because then if we can change those things, if we can improve those things, then, you know, emotional eating, suddenly your experience of that feels way less. It feels less intense and you're able to work on some other things. Kind of like I was saying before, you know, if you're thinking that you're not allowing your emotional needs to get met because you're, you're meeting them only with food. And so those emotional needs, you know, whether it was like, if you're lonely and, you know, finding somebody to connect with or finding a group of people to connect with, or whether you have a tough time with your job and you have a boss that doesn't respect your need for breaks and rest, and you're feeling pressured to work all the time, then food again can help you be soothed and deal with the stress and the tension of that in the moment. But, you know, long term, these emotions are still going to come up because they make sense, right? Emotions always make sense. They're in the context of, of the situation. So again, with these distinctions I want to make on the side of food, I want you to be able to deal with them more directly rather than just labeling them as this elusive emotional eating that we can't do anything about. So, okay, the first distinction is feeling an emotion and also being hungry or eating a regularly scheduled meal and snack. So let me talk you through this. This distinction here that I'm wanting to make for you is, let's say it's 3 p.m., you're overly hungry, or maybe you're feeling low energy and you're having cravings for potato chips that are in the vending machine at work, or maybe you had a yogurt and you're still rummaging through your pantry trying to find something to eat. You know, you're still being drawn to food and you're feeling upset with yourself about that. You're feeling guilty about that. Because you really have this idea that you're low energy, you're not in a good mood, you're having a tough day, and it's also time to have a snack. So it's like the emotional experience that you might be having or the emotion you might be feeling at that moment is also happening to coincide with snack time. So to make this maybe more specific, let's just say you received an email that was upsetting at work and it's time for a snack and you're you know in this situation. So does that make sense? where these things are, you know, it happens to be time to have a meal or snack and you're feeling an emotion. And so those things, like that's not emotional eating, like you're, you're allowed. So you've received a difficult email, 
and you have a yogurt and then you're like, I'm going to have a cookie. Like that person, oh, I hate that email. That was awful. It so made me so mad. So you might be feeling mad, but it's also, again, time for a snack. So we want to be careful that we're not, we're allowed to be humans experiencing emotions running alongside eating. So if you're in that situation, you might ask yourself, hey, would I typically have snack now? Yeah. Am I typically, you know, having a dip in energy? Is it, am I noticing that I need to have a snack in the afternoon? Yes. So we don't want to assign this as emotional eating because it happens to be time to eat and we're hungry. So the second distinction that I want to make is feeling negative emotions related to feeling guilty after eating certain foods that you deem bad. So I have a lot of clients who will mislabel the experience of feeling guilt about something they ate as emotional eating. Maybe it even starts beforehand, the anticipation of it, of, oh my gosh, I'm at dinner and my friend ordered French fries and she's sharing them with everyone and I can't stop eating them or I want to keep eating them or I'm trying not to eat them. So that can become an emotional experience if you quote unquote give in and decide to have them. That's not necessarily emotional eating. That's an emotion you're experiencing as a result of a food you told yourself not to eat. Remember the, what emotional eating sounds like when I started this episode. So, you know, thinking about that is dealing with rules you have about food. This food is good. This food is bad. I shouldn't eat this food because I want to lose weight. If I eat this, certainly I won't. I shouldn't eat these foods. These foods are not good for me. These foods are too high in calories. These foods are too high in fat. They're unhealthy. They're bad for you. Whatever it is, you're labeling that food. And then you're having an emotional experience with that food, whether you're trying not to eat it or whether you did in fact eat it. So the solution, again, is not I emotionally eat, I emotionally eat. That puts you into a powerless place, but it's to figure out, hey, you know, why do I have these rules? What do I have these rules about? And digging into those and working through them, that that will become a less emotional experience over time. All right, last distinction. These two kind of run together, if you'll, you'll hear the way I talk about them, but this is that giving in or losing willpower with foods you try to avoid eating. So kind of the first distinction's a little more after the fact, and then I started to kind of run into this third distinction of the anticipation of it. I hope that makes sense. So again, similar here, we don't want to label it as I'm an emotional eater. I always eat when I'm emotional, and that's you know kind of what my problem is here, but it's that you have these ideas about what foods you should or shouldn't eat, and then you feel an emotion and response to eating them or trying to avoid eat them, depending on whether it's before or after the experience. So really, we have a negative relationship with food here, and the emotions we feel are an outcome of our negative thoughts, our beliefs, and our expectations of ourselves. So just an invitation to like continue to work on your relationship to food and see if your emotions around eating become less colored. It doesn't mean that you might not still want to work on dealing with emotions, but again, this, this type of reframe here is what is so, so helpful in making this distinction. So overarching, I want to start to close out this episode by pointing you in the direction of where you might go next. So again, we're realizing what emotional eating is not, and that one of the things you can do is start to work on your relationship to food eating more consistently, having regular meals and snacks, understanding that's becoming normal for you if it wasn't before. That's going to take practice and that you're 
living an emotional life. We're always having an emotion. And then it's looking at these food rules, this guilt you feel about food and how that impacts your emotional experience around eating. So as I said already, it is normal to eat emotionally sometimes. We can totally do that. The people that I work with still need more support beyond just knowing that it's something normal. We're still disentangling food and emotions from each other. So again, pointing forward here, the goal isn't to divorce all emotions from eating because that's really impossible. But you know, you want to feel more confident. You want to feel less out of control with eating. So something, again, I wanted to leave you with today is this idea that emotionally eating can be more of a conscious choice and not so impulsive and reactive. So remember, we're working on our food relationship. We're eating more regularly. We're dealing with our food rules. So already eating emotionally is going to become less impulsive and less reactive because we're not just responding to regular meals, snack times. We're not responding to emotions that we're feeling around these food rules. So an example of making emotional eating as a conscious choice could be like grabbing ice cream with a friend to chat about a recent argument with your parent. You feel aware, you feel connected, you're saying, hey, I, I had this argument with my mom and it's just got me really upset. I'd love to you know, connect with my friend, vent about it, talk about it, and it would be really nice if we were sitting outside having ice cream together. That sounds so wonderful. So an example of something that might be more impulsive and reactive would be you know, eating candy in your car because you're unhappy at your job. You feel like powerless and defeated. So see how those things can sound a little bit different. So a lot of these distinctions that I made are heading you towards more of a conscious choice with eating and less impulsivity and reactivity, which can help us feel more confident and a little less out of control. But again, a lot of that is going to be taken care of by working on our relationship to food. So there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of personal context. And it is important to, you know, address our emotions and do deeper work to engage with them. But as a dietitian, there are steps you need to do from the nutrition side of this work so that when you're working on developing more coping skills, being able to sit with difficult emotions, that you're not simply reacting to a food rule that you have for yourself. So if that's you and you need more support with this, I hope this has been helpful to really draw apart these distinctions. And if the idea of just healing your relationship to food and that's going to take care of emotional eating feels so overwhelming to you and it makes no sense and you have no idea how to start to heal your relationship to food, then I encourage you to work with me. I would be so happy to help you dive into that. I have a method. I have a model. I have a way of working with people where we're teasing out all of these things so that eating becomes more of a thing that you feel confident, you feel in control, you know, a registered health professional, a dietitian has looked at this stuff for you and it's helped you figure out what's good for you and your body and your lifestyle and to solve some of these problems that you're running into. And if you happen to work with a therapist or interested in that, then what we are doing will help you be ready for that work or dive deeper into that work and dealing with the emotional side, especially if you've been dealing this, with this for a long time. So anyways, thank you again for being here with me today. Check out the show notes for any links to anything that you might need. But I love talking to you about this. And thanks for celebrating one year of Align Nutrition podcast with me. So as always, if there's anything that you want me to talk about or cover or dive deeper into with you, any reactions, thoughts, feelings you have about these episodes, reach me on Align Nutrition on Instagram. I'm happy to connect with you. I'm a real person doing this work and I love to hear from you. So 
Hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.